Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Talvi Roach became president and CEO of Bi-State Development 14 months ago, and since that time, he's made the safety of the transit system a major focus. Last week, Roach gathered with area leaders to mark the culmination of two years of study and planning aimed at improving safety. They announced a framework to provide, quote, a safer, more comfortable, more secure, and more comfortable ride for Metro Transit customers. And joining us today to talk about what that means and what changes transit riders should expect is Bi-State Development CEO Tolby Roach. So Tolby, welcome to the show. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Kevin Scott. He's Director of Public Safety for Metro Transit. Kevin, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So Tolby, you took over uh, 14 months ago. What were the big concerns at that point as far as safety goes? Well, sure. I mean, I, I remember in when I first started, I said, you know, we have three priorities right now, and that's security, security, and security. Hmm. I mean, there's no question that in a public asset like this, what I need is engagement in people who care about it. And what we had been hearing for months is that we had to do better. So really, the, the tasking was clear. And so I tried to make, bring some clarity to that tasking and try to rally our forces and work with, of course, our colleagues and, and to do a better job. And we're on the precipice of that, and I'm really excited about it. So security really was number one on your agenda. So last week, um, this unveiling, this must have felt like quite an accomplishment. You pretty much got everybody to the table on this thing. Uh, of course. And, you know, a, a legitimate critique of the public was, why aren't you all working together? What's going on with the finger pointing and so on? And, and by golly, you know what? You can do a better job on uh, safety and security on the system. So first is to realize that and then concentrate your, your forces at making that happen. So, of course, the document signing was very important and uh, a huge win for us because, remember, I have County Executive Sam Page. I have Mayor Lyda Krusen. I have County Executive Mark Kern, all signatories on that, along with the two chiefs, Belmar and Hayden, and with the sheriff. So what that says is that this is a collaborative process where our professional police partners are literally embedded into what our plan is. So, Kevin, tell me a little bit about that. How is that going to change the way things had been done before this framework was formally in place? So uh, the very easy, to an- very easy answer to that is staunch, staunch collaboration. Um, you know, we've taken a look along with our our partners, police partners, and all of our stakeholders at what can we do to make the system better. And what people really want to see on our system is a visible security component that positively engages our ridership to ensure the quality of that of that ride. And so that's really what we need to do. We need to focus from an internal perspective on securing the system and collaborate with our police partners on truly policing the system. And I think that's really the big difference that you're going to see at this juncture. So what is that going to look like? I mean, we've all seen these reports that have come out that officers were assigned to these trains and maybe were hanging out in their office as opposed to actually being out there. How do you ensure that there is going to be actual policing, not just police assignments? Well, as, as we've walked through the, uh, the revetting of our security plan, you know, like Talby said, it's been a collaborative effort. We've walked through it systematically with representation of our police partners with our contract security partners and our own internal staff. And so our, our new approach is going to be a layered approach where you have uh, a solid, visible layer of contract security. 
the Metro Transit uh, Security Specialist will be the, the core of that layer and represent the corporate, the brand and corporate interest. And then you have the law, the law enforcement component. And so what we've done in devising this new deployment is we've focused on what our clear roles and responsibilities are. So everybody's not going to be policing the system. The two major visible components of the layered security approach will be securing the system, and we'll work more collaborative, collaboratively with the police to actually police that system when we need to bring them in. Okay, so the people that we'll see sort of day in, day out as we're getting on and off buses and Metrolink, those will be these uh, the security force, and then the cops are going to come if things escalate? Yeah, so we're going to, we're going to have a, a zoned approach to security along the alignment in areas of responsibility. And so our staff, both contract security and our own Metro TSS employees, will learn those areas, learn our ridership, learn uh, what the trends are, what the problems are. And it's really more of a community customer engagement approach than just trying to carte blanche police the entire system. Sort of like how beat cops back in the day used to know the guys on their beat? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) That kind of makes sense to me now. Um, But how can you do that when with transit, you've got so many people coming in and out? It's not just a neighborhood where kind of everybody knows the regulars. Well, that's true in a sense, but we do have a lot of regular ridership that we can equate to certain areas along along our alignment. And I think what's important is that when they show up every day, they see the same faces. They learn the company's representation. They know who to contact if there's a problem. And then the other thing that I think is important is, as our employees work to uh, address customer issues, they're going to have the ability to to branch out and bring in whatever uh, resources they need to fix those those problems. Instead of having a, a top-down forced procedure, it's going to be uh, an empowerment of our of our Metro employees to address the issues as they need to address them. If you're listening to this conversation and, and you're a regular transit rider, we want to invite you to join us um, in this conversation. Do you feel safe riding Metro? What would you like to see change? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And we are talking today to Kevin Scott, the Director of Public Safety for Metro Transit, as well as Bi-State Development CEO, Talby Roach. And Talby, I know you had something you wanted to add to what Kevin just said. Yeah, just to head on. So I like to think of transit as as essentially a community. It happens to be a moving community where we have regular folks who are our customers who are moving in and out of that. Most of my customers use the system almost every single day. Hmm. So it's not the really occasional rider that goes to the ball game and to the blues game, although they're certainly important. But the majority of our ridership is there. And so the key component to this layered and kind of almost community and neighborhood approach is that we have the right people in the right place with the right tools and the right training so that we're not everyone is doing policing. Some folks are indeed doing security. So we're, we're trying to do more of a quality ride and trying to deal with issues on an everyday neighborhood type basis. What the public will see is all different types of uniforms, high visibility metro uniforms, and then along with the the three different professional police departments, they're doing their professional job. Presence on the system is an absolute key component. And not only through this plan, but also through secondary deployments, I think folks will see more uniforms on the system. 
Yeah, and I think another important point to, to feed off what Toby said is, you know, when you talk about policing, policing is only a small portion of your of your overall security plan, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to focus on. And I think we've gotten caught up that in, caught up with that in the past that we've over-policed and we haven't secured, and that's what we want to try to correct. So I know one prong of this plan is to implement fair enforcement as a security tool. Um, How do you go about doing that without turnstiles? Well, the fair enforcement has always been a constant in our practice. We've always done that. And so we, you know, we have a system in place where we deploy fair inspectors along with our own TSS, transit security specialist employees, to check fares on the train. It is, that is one component, and that is a solid foundation of, of what we think is a, is a true security uh, outreach. So you'll continue to do as, as that's been done, you're saying, in the past? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. And let me just add to that. So th- that is a funda- fundamental, foundational part of moving into security, is fundamental, rigorous fare enforcement. So we need to move to that model. But Now, as we're going through the plan and we're doing deployment, the next phase of the plan would be to move into infrastructure. So part of that infrastructure commitment is to move more to access control at stations. So there's a central point of access that our customers go through where we can do fundamental fare checks. If you use the Cortex station, which is the newest station that we've completed, it has been designed in that way. And of course, so it's very, very uh, helpful and helps from the security paradigm so that you know every single person on that platform has been fair checked. So we'll be moving into that now in the summer and working on other infrastructure items, for instance, like camera systems and so on, after we do the deployment aspect, which we're in right now. It does feel like so much of the focus in the media, and and I think sometimes in bi-state materials as well, seems to be Metrolink. What about the buses and and the call ride systems? Um, Are those a high priority, and what are we going to see change there? That's a a great question. So you're right. The focus has been Metrolink, and I think a lot of people equate the term Metrolink to the broader Metro Transit uh, modes of transportation, but that's not true. Uh, Metrolink obviously is the light rail system, and then we have the, the bus operation side, which is the largest part of our business and where we move the majority of our customers. And so in, in the, the very basics of what I explained as far as our deployment plan goes, we, ha- we cannot be dismissive of bus operations. And so we have, we have uh, service areas built out on the operation side, on the bus operation side, and those will also be staffed with transit security specialists to coordinate security needs within those areas. And that's something uh, new that we're moving toward. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, Anna is calling from the Central West End. Um, Anna, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. Do you have a question for um, for either Kevin or Talby? Well, the only thing I want to say is that I'm 80 years old, and I ride the Metrolink quite frequently. Good for you. And I, I feel safe, uh, but I have to admit that I am a little hesitant to take uh, a late, if I come in on a late flight and I have to go to the Central West End Transit Center, mm-hmm. I'm a little hesitant to do that. And Anna, I can understand that. I got to give you props. Um, You're out and about at 80 and and you're riding the Metrolink. I think St. Louis needs more people like you. Tolby, what do you think of of what uh, Anna has said here? Well, first of all, Anna, thank you for your ridership. It's really uh, just appreciate your dedication to the system. And that's, well, we need to uh, take these comments and take them very seriously. So remember, we're in the customer business. So we're in the people business, and we need to figure out what our riders are telling us and what and what can we do better. In order for us to solve a problem, we have to admit what is the problem. 
And certainly part of the focus of this plan and to us making these investments and, for instance, bringing new people in, uh, like the leadership that I have, just like Kevin Scott sitting right here, a professional in the business, is to put those resources to bear and dedicate to the uh, critiques and criticisms that we have from the public, take them seriously, and do a better job. That's what we intend to do. Anna, thank you for that call. That leads me to Carl actually left a great um, comment and question on our Facebook page. He says, I think true security will only come with higher ridership. Um, that sometimes it's just a problem when there's just not enough other people around. Adding more police is the wrong way, he says. Uh, what are they doing to actually increase ridership? Is that at all part of, of your plan at this point? So sure, absolutely. So hey, that's just a fact. There's neighborhoods are safer, just like transit is safer when there's more folks around. Um, and it, for instance, you know, what's really interesting is I take the blue line home typically, and it, it is practically a standing load all the way from 4.30 to 6 o'clock, especially uh, generated out of the Central West End Station. And I bet that feels pretty safe during those hours <laughs> it, then. It, it feels very safe. And those are the very people, the very millennials that we want to keep in our community to try to drive it into where it needs to be. But certainly, look, we're not looking at over-policing the system as, 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 and that's part of the key element of this design, is that it's a tiered structure so that, for instance, folks feel that they're getting service, not policing. Um, clearly, we were kind of headed in a direction that wasn't working before. Um, there was more actually police and arms on the system back when we were having our worst situations. We had too many people policing the system, not people securing the system. So what we're trying to do is do uh, appropriate roles and responsibilities and try to do a better job at customer service. That would be aspect one of rebuilding ridership. What we constantly hear is that people are uncomfortable with our, with our system. What I want to get to is comfort. Not only that you feel safe, but you feel comfortable on the system. That's the first aspect of rebuilding ridership. And there's another piece to this, too. Once, once we put these layered approaches in place and we've solidified our deployments and we're truly making an impact, it's my opinion that we have to go back and we have to resell our system to our customer base. Mm -hmm. One area at a time in our region. We have to tell our story. We have to articulate the fact that we have a true regional asset here. For the St. Louis region to grow and prosper, public transit is part of the very foundation of that, of that process. And so there are a number of things that we need to do. We need to fix systematically how we do security, and that's what we're doing. After that, we have to go back out and we have to resell, and we have to get um, the folks that have stayed away from the system to buy back into the system. And I think that's what's hugely important. What do you see as the timeline for sort of checking those, that first item off your list so you can move on to the second? Well, uh, April 1st is a big day for us because our new uh, contract security partner will be on board G4S. And then we'll be moving into the plan and the deployment plan, which will be really happening this spring into June. Then, then as we move into the summer, then we'll start looking at some of the infrastructure issues and we'll be talking to some of our partners about, for instance, camera systems and changing in the design of the system. So it is kind of an active everyday return. How are we doing uh, our jobs and trying to do our job better every single day. 
We're talking to uh, Bi-State CEO Talby Roach, as well as Kevin Scott, the Director of Public Safety for Metro Transit. Our phone lines are blowing up. I want to get back to them in, in a moment. But I did want to talk about GS4 um, since you brought them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that's the private firm, private security firm that Bi-State has chosen to replace a different private security firm, Securitas, that handles security for Metro. And a USA Today investigation found that the firm's American subsidiaries had, quote, hired or retained at least 300 employees with questionable records, including criminal convictions, allegations of violence, and prior law enforcement careers that ended in disgrace. Some went on to rape, assault, or shoot people, including while on duty. Did you know about these concerns before USA Today published those stories last fall? So uh, Kevin headed that vetting process. So Kevin, do you mind? Sure. We, uh, we worked through our procurement process. Some of this came out after we had uh, made our selection. But here, here's to the broader point. Worldwide, they, over, they have over 500,000 employees. In the United States, they have well over 40,000 employees. Uh, they have very sound, robust transit accounts throughout the country. Uh, some of those accounts, their participation has been renewed. Um, they have given us no indication that these are, are speak to the broader, uh, the broader company culture in itself. I think in any organization, uh, if you go out and you vet any organization, you can find things and in, in, in occurrences that maybe you're not favorable of. But since we've hired G4S, uh, they have really put our, our concerns to rest. And this ramp up process to bringing them on board on April, or I'm sorry, on April 1st, has been stellar. They've hit all their benchmarks. They've brought in transit-specific oversight, and that's what was usually important to us as we set up this account. We want it to be transit-specific. You don't set up a security account like you're guarding a bank. Mm -hmm. This is a very fluid process. And so I would say at this juncture, from the director of public safety, I feel very comfortable with where we are with G4S and have been very happy uh, with their performance thus far. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Karen is calling from Baldwin. Karen, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, um, I just have two quick questions and a comment, and I'll take my answers off the air. I used to live around the corner from um, the station on Devolver for several years, and what I'm hearing now isn't giving me any confidence that it's going to help. So first question, how often do you actually ride the Metrolink yourself? So you can experience what's happening because you don't need six-figure consultants if you actually ride or walk past there. And then second, um, how is deploying people going to help someone who's just been a victim of crime? You've got a 30, 60, 90-second window. Can you get there fast enough? Because i got to tell you, at certain times during the day, that station is like an open-air drug market. There's drug use. Thieving, you know, you run and pick up your friends from there when they come in from the airport just to get to them in the nick of time. That's the, the Stinker DeBoliver so, Station, Karen? The Deba- yeah, the okay. DeBoliver Station. And, and I, I don't think that's the only station where that's true. So it's, I hear all this really nice, you know, executive rhetoric, but it doesn't help people. It really does not help people. If you don't have a strong presence there, and if you don't eliminate that criminal element that has started to take over that corner, Karen, you um, run out, it, it, then it's just not, I just don't see how it's going to help. So thank you. Karen, thank you so much for that call. Um, and Talby, I know you'd like to, to address Karen's concerns here. So, so thank you, Karen. I really appreciate it. So as I said, I'm open to critiques and criticism. 
And I, t- I ride the system almost every single day. So I rode it this morning into the office. Uh, I typically take a 7.30 train. My home station is the Skinker Station, and I walk to it. So I'm only one station away from the Forest Park. And, you know, look, we, we are a neighborhood in our city, and crime and difficulties on it are a reality, and we need to attack those and, and try to be vigilant about trying to make things better. I'm not going to say that there aren't issues that, that we are concentrating on and there are individual stations in which we are using now data and deployments to try to help us do a better job in that. And I very much hope to earn your uh, business. And if you see me on the train, which you will, uh, say hello or give me, a, give me a criticism. I'd like to hear about how my people are doing because there's only way, one way that we get better, and that's by being present and out on the system. And I am, and I'm dedicated to that. We did get a question um, from email. This is from Benjamin Kay, and he writes, I realize that law enforcement needs to prioritize serious crimes, but are there plans to start penalizing minor offenders as well? The presence of smoking, tobacco and marijuana, gambling, loud music, and profanity on board Metrolink trains certainly do not contribute to a sense of overall safety. And before I let you answer that question, Kevin, he does add, I have noticed and appreciated a larger police presence in the last year, and it is definitely helping. So what about these these lower-level offenses? What's your thought? on that, Kevin. Yeah, we have to enforce our rules. So we're going to, we, uh, we are constructing and it's almost done a clear rider code of conduct. And with uh, along those same lines and in the same process that we've been working through, uh, we're also constructing and we're going to be pushing out a true ride and abide policy. And what does that mean, ride and abide? So if you, if you don't follow our rules, you can't ride the system for a specific period of time. And there's going to there's gonna be an internal administrative process to help adjudicate and assure compliance of those, of those, of those rules. That, that is a focus that we, we need. I think it's been a very vague, fo- very vague focus in the past, and it's something that we need to look strongly at. How do you deal with the fact that um, for some communities, I think particularly people of color, they can sometimes feel like added enforcement makes them feel less safe. They end up feeling like a target rather than that you're looking out for them. Of course. And so that's why you don't hear us saying, for instance, over-policing the system. Part of this in, in a neighborhood aspect is some of the fundamental respect features. So not only respect your ride, but also respect those individuals as customers. That comes with proper training of security personnel so that there's a way to respectfully confront people. Look, please, I'm sorry, you're gonna, sir, you're going to have to uh, put that cigarette out on the platform. Um, there is a way to do that appropriately and appropriately in a respectful environment, and that has to do with training. Um, so a key aspect of our security plan are those detailed training plans, which Kevin and his team are working on and that we intend on getting done. We have one last question that came in via email. Uh, Keith Duncan writes, I ride a few times a month from my nearest station uh, convention to the Central West End or visiting the Del Mar Loop or the airport. I feel perfectly safe during the day, but I'm more cautious at night. To be honest, I would feel safer if video cameras were more numerous and more conspicuous. Um, Any thoughts on whether that's something that you want to add more of? Oh, yes. So uh, a more rigorous, modernized CCTV system is uh, obviously on the docket, but the, f- but the first was to finish the plan and then see how we can maximize that tool. So for instance, that I would go to Kevin and his team after they have 
been deployed and working for a few months, what is the most effective system? I need to put the tools in the hands of my law enforcement professionals, and certainly that's a huge tool these days. Kevin? Yeah, and I think another important point about CCTV, without going into too much detail, is CCTV, I'm going to teach you a new term today. My entire staff knows this. It's called force multiplier. And I don't mean to sound authoritative with that, but CCTV should be a very proactive approach to technology uh, that is used to intervene or uh, stop things from happening before they do instead of a very reactive approach or an investigative approach. And so that's that's part of our plan as well, and it's a top priority. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that answers my question. And unfortunately, we're out of time. We have so many more questions, but we're just going to have to have you guys come back. So Kevin Scott, Director of Public Safety for Metro Transit, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And Bi-State Development CEO, Tolby Roach, thank you for joining us. Anytime, Sarah. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.